Welcome to Radio Menea. My name is Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez. On this podcast, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative Latinx jams um, based on a different theme each week. And today's, uh, we've got a menito for you, all about tricotri. <laughs> El Halloween, y'all. <laughs> yep. So this is kind of a recovery effort. Yep, it's real. For those of you who are like legit Radio Menea fans because you follow us on Instagram and or Twitter, you know that last week we had a tragic um, episode loss because of technical problems that were beyond our control. And so, RIP, baby girl. Yeah, it was sad. And I spent many an hour with that episode, and I'm, I'm sad to see it go. But we were able to re-release one of our faves from this year, which we were planning on doing at some point anyway. So check out our Novella Feels episode from last week. And now we're going to bring you some of the songs we were going to bring you last week, but in a little bit of a different format. So here we are. That's right. So we were last week, we're going to bring you a little bit of like a Halloween slash magia slash, you know, muertos, spooky, <laughs> muertos, yeah. etc. episode. <laughs> Right. So we're kind of bringing it back, and the track that you're listening to right now is called Las Plantas by Rubio, and uh, I basically brought this because, uh, not because the subject matter of the song is particularly creepy or weird or anything, but basically it just sounds like spooky-ish to me, like the, mm. it sort of sounds like a theremin, which a theremin is a an electronic instrument, it's one of the first electronic instruments that is played like actually without touching it. Uh, so with cool. electromagnetic waves. It's so weird. It's really cool. It's super like, weird. Y'all should look it up. That's kind of creepy to me. Yeah, just like playing an instrument. It is. It's it. like sort of yeah. even creepy just like to think about. Yeah. It's cool. But most importantly, the theremin, even though it can be used really beautifully and played really beautifully, most notably by the only theremin's uh, virtuoso that has ever been. Her name is Clara Rockmore. Uh, but she, but it's been mostly used, it was used a lot in the 1950s in uh, like spooky and scary or alien type of movies. So like mm. whenever you think of like that 1950s sort of shrill like woo sound right. that is in all of those movies, that's a theremin. So um, so I found that it like sounded it. a little bit like that here, even Doesn't though uh, later I like tried to like Google a performance of this song um, yeah. and I didn't see a theremin. So maybe it's just, you know, me hearing things, but I mean, it, it sort of also, had that sort of sound to me. It could be an electronic version of a theremin, no? Right. It could be like a synthesized, you know, like yeah. it was just like a sampled, but you right. know, it just had that sort of sound. It's really a song about plants. <laughs> and well. you know about how <laughs> plants are like an important this person talks to her plants she loves mm. her plants which i think is a very popular position on this uh-huh. podcast it is it is and relatedly <laughs> i i have a plant-based confession to share that tell us what's maybe, your plant-based confession <laughs> <laughs> it was maybe more exciting the first time we did this because then it was actually a surprise for you Veto, but now it's not so much but no. um yeah. I started a plant-based Instagram account <laughs> called <laughs> House Plant Parenthood, all one word, <laughs> because, yeah, I'm obsessed with plants. Um, I don't, like, overtly talk to my plants, but I definitely, like, s- sometimes do it a little bit without, like, thinking about it. But I definitely care for my plantitas a lot and have been 
keeping a veritable like garden of houseplants in one of my rooms. That's like a sunroom in my apartment. And a lot of my plants came from Veto's cuttings. So Veto gets a lot of credit mm-hmm. for inspiring mm-hmm. me as well. But yeah, so I started a plant account just so I could... I realized I was giving a lot of unsolicited plant advice to my friends. <laughs> like, oh, you didn't... Oh, you just needed an outlet. Yeah. It's like, oh, you didn't want me to critique the location of your fiddle leaf fig? Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, I was like, let me let me let people opt into this instead. So, so yeah, if you're, if you're into plants or if you're looking for advice about from my sort of trial and error and experiences and some research about how to keep happy houseplants, um, you can follow me at Houseplant Parenthood on Instagram. That's <laughs> it's right, going y'all. so well so far. I have like 58 followers or something, 60 followers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're growing pretty good. <laughs> it's definitely like making me just take it a little bit more seriously or in a different way. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. And I actually did this like lovely surprise um last week for my friends who just got married while they were on their honeymoon um I had access to their house because they asked me to water their plants and I decided to um buy them a bunch of new plants as their wedding gift and repot them and style them around their house they just bought a new house a few months ago and had kind of just like randomly thrown that's a really sweet gift it was really fun I'm gonna post um about it on that Instagram account so if you want to see what I did but yeah it was really fun and like just affirm that I'm like that much of a nerd that I enjoyed spending like six hours, you know, repotting and styling plants in someone else's house. But they, I only have so much room. Like I can't really do anything dramatic in my house anymore because I have so many plants already, but they were kind of a blank canvas. Right, right. So yeah, <laughs> it was exciting. And, you know, I got to think about what plants would work and the light they have and whatever. So anyway, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of plants. Definitely. And I, Going back to this episode theme, I do feel like plants can be creepy if you think about like the right ones, like the Venus flytrap and some Hell of the yeah. carnivorous plants. One of plants. my plants is a carnivorous plant that I really love. How's it's it doing? It's sort of like, it it's struggling. not doing so good right now because the cricket was in my house and I thought it was really cute. It was like bright green and I was like, you're my cricket friend in my apartment. And it seemed like right. really novel to have like a beautiful right. green cricket <laughs> in my apartment in Brooklyn. But then it mm. ate my fucking plant, and I was pissed at it, and I kicked it yeah. out. So it's recovering I mean, from that. It's okay. It's what really hardy. What do you think it's going to eat, you know? Crickets yeah, I just didn't think about it very much. Yeah. <laughs> do, you feed, like, do you feed the plant? Insects? No, I don't. I have in the past, but according to the World Wide Web, <laughs> they, uh, in a house with like a normal amount of bugs, they usually find their way. Enough bugs find right. their way into the plant. So, so maybe um, I'm not too worried about it. It actually helps with like pest control. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the idea. Also, I just thought it was like sort of badass to have like a carnivorous plant. It looks like yeah. a fucking pussy also. So it's just like... <laughs> Amazing. Just gets <laughs> like, better. Amazing. Yeah, it's just, just gets better so many better. levels of good. Awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, Rubio, just to talk a little bit about the song, yeah. is mm-hmm. a project of Franz Traube, who is this Chilena indie music mainstay. Uh, part of a few other projects, if our listeners, um, you know, who are into Chilean indie music might know. Uh, but I really like this project of hers. I recommend that you check it out. It's a little bit more rhythmic, a little bit more bass driven than some of her other stuff. And 
Um, it just plays with dance and dembo in ways that I find interesting. So check it out. She started putting out music in 2014, just some singles and EP. And this song is from July. So she's uh, released a few songs this year. And this is, I think, probably my favorite of the ones that she's released this year. Is it common for like in, in indie music for people to have like a project with a different name? I feel like you've brought a few artists over the time of this podcast. Where it's yeah, like, this is I would say yes. Yeah, I would say yes. You know, it's like you have like you have different artistic ideas, right? And then like if you like want to explore a different artistic side of yourself, but it wouldn't fit into like the project that you've like, you know, let's say that like you are part of like a like a sort of like a dreamy vaporwave dembo project, (laughs) and then like you wanted to explore like like a salsa romantica side you know like maybe it might not fit into that maybe it would like maybe I, I think that it just depends on like how you connect things and sometimes feel things feel disconnected to artists and feel like they need to be a part of a new project and then mm-hmm. sometimes things feel like okay this is all connected to the same artistic project and it's just growing and elaborating and all of that so I think that for I think it's it's pretty common yeah interesting yeah, yeah I just haven't come across it I mean obviously a lot of the artists I bring like have different moments in their career where they're focusing on one type of music or another but right, never really right. like under but a it's different name like it's like an album persona. or a period or something yeah, yeah 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 definitely not a different persona at least I mean maybe I'll come across something but so far yeah well you have an awesome fun song for us yeah this one's kind of a literal one in terms of the theme and and this time of the year so this song is called Calaverita by La Santa Cecilia Si el corazón me acompaña, quiero invitar al tiempo para que me abran las puertas, me arrullen los recuerdos, esos que abrazan el alma y abren el sentimiento. Cuando toco ese pañuelo, las penas se despiden. Puedo abrazar a mi abuelo, para que jamás se olvide, que hasta las nubes lo quiero, aunque en el cielo vive. is probably like in the Venn diagram of like Veto's music taste and my music taste. It's like right next to reggaeton. <laughs> we like overlap. That's right. Yeah. La Santa Cecilia is one that we can like both agree yeah. on. One of like the mm-hmm. few non-reggaeton places of yeah, agreement. That we both agree on. <laughs> um, and like outside of the classics because I feel like you're here for classics too. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. So yeah. So you know this song I think is really interesting because and I'm reflecting on this as a you know Latinx person who for whom Day of the Dead is not part of my cultural tradition. Like, I don't have any history mm-hmm. with it. I don't have any sense that it's a part of the cultural history in Cuba. So I have to kind of add that disclaimer. But in re- listening to the song and watching the video, it feels like um, a comment on, like, the inner, the, the ways in which Halloween and Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, kind of overlap or maybe conflict with each other, um, perhaps, like, butt heads. So 
mm-hmm. it's really cool. I definitely recommend going to, you can check out the link in our show notes to go to RileyMania.com and watch the video. But um, basically it's like everybody in the video is a zombie, but they're kind of like they're muertos and she's playing music and the muertos, you know, there's a line in the song that says, Los muertos bailan con mi canción. So she's kind of like yeah. hosting this party for all these muertos, which I think in, in some ways that's what Dia los Muertos is, right? People really celebrate with their muertos and they go to cemeteries and they have altars and all these things. Um, but then there's this like white dude who's like trying to get in and he's like also dressed like a zombie with like a knife in his head. Um, and he's like flashing his money at her and she like won't let him in and is like ignoring him. And so, I don't know, to me it seems like a commentary on sort of um, these lines between these two celebrations and the way that like Halloween and it's like mostly problematic like American white celebrations of it where people try to kind of cross over or think that they're like the same or that they can um, access like Day of the Dead celebrations, but that they're actually not for people. I mean, really, they're not for people who's it's not their cultural tradition, but particularly for like white Americans. Like, this is not like don't paint your face into a skull. Like, just don't do it. You know, like don't right. try to appropriate um, the trappings of this particular tradition. Right, right, yeah. I mean, in Venezuela too, we have Dia de los Muertos, and people, uh, you know, will do different things for it but not this same you know like what's depicted in this video or like what's you know in the united states is um usually depicted which is like the mexican celebration of it which Mm -hmm. is a much much bigger deal than you know at least for me that i experienced it as in venezuela and Venezuela was just like a day and like you knew it and some people did some things and some people didn't but um yeah so what i feel like is a, a cultural piece that I think spans Latinidad is our different relationships with our muertos, you know, that it's like right. less of a hard line, I think, than yeah. it is, um, at least in American, white American culture, right? Um, yeah. Like, whereas like, okay, like there's like this hard line between life and death, whereas like it's a little bit, I think a little bit just more blurred um, in Latino cultures the, where like there's a, that sense of spirit and like everybody has their own sort of different relationship to that, but it's, it feels a little bit more blurred, which, um, I can connect with, with like the Dia de los Muertos type celebrations, right? It's not something that my family, um, or people, my people ever did in that way because it's not part of our cultural tradition, but I do see that sort of connection right there. Right. Yeah, I I feel you. And I think that, I mean, I think that probably comes from like the influence of Protestantism on the United States, right? That, that I think among many things, part of the departure between Catholicism and Protestantism had to do with this question of like, um, you know, saints and idol worship and like whether the Catholic Mm, tradition had mm -hmm, had veered mm -hmm. too far in that direction. And so I think Catholicism leaves more room for even recognizing ancestors, although it's not an ancestral practice the way that like some Eastern traditions are very ancestor based, right? You are like praying to saints and stuff, but they are ancestors, right? They're people who lived and who no longer live. So I think some of that is, yeah, this Protestant um, sort of stripped yeah. down version of totally. religion that, that doesn't leave room for that. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, we've brought La Santa Cecilia before, um, I think at least once, if not more than once, but they are awesome. This is from the 2015 album. They have a newer album out. Um, but yeah, check them out. All, I love everything they do. They have stuff that's really playful. They have stuff that's really political. They have stuff that's serious. You know, they, they really have a big range in terms of thematic, um, approaches to their music and I'm just a big fan. My last song is an artist that's really close to my heart. This is Arca and this song is called Desafio. 
I've brought Arca to the podcast before. I really love him. He's a queer Venezolano, which just, um, you know, hits me right in the heart. Pero uh, this is from his latest album, self-titled Arca. And I'm just in love, in love with this album. It speaks so much to me in so many different ways. I reviewed it for Remezcla, so I'm going to link that for you all in the podcast uh, write-up that we have on RadioMenea.com every time. Um, so you can find that there to read a little bit more about that. But the reason that I brought this song for this episode is that one of the things that Arca does in general in his music and in his art and the way that he sort of thinks about, um, you know, his entire aesthetic is centering sort of the grotesque and the monstrous, right? And um, what that means about humanity and what that says about it, right? So it's almost like taking all these things that are so banal about humanity like bruising or blood or spit and just centering that and thinking about what um what like the grotesque and what we consider grotesque and monstrous and deviant says about humans so Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that and i think that um specifically on this song this song is probably i would say it's one of the more accessible Um, you know, like just like mainstream, accessible to the mainstream type of songs musically on Mm -hmm. this record, right? So there's some songs on the record that I would say even blur what the, uh, what the difference or barrier border between sound and noise and music, right? Like what, like what the difference is between them. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, but this is like, I would say like even, um, it, it, it's like pro- probably the one of the most like musically accessible uh, tracks. Right. But if you look at the lyrics, they're just these like super queer and kinky and out there lyrics, right? So like even though he tones down the weirdness in the music, he's trying to like make it really in your face. Like he's like, atame de goya me solomisame, you know, like just be, wow. putting out this really queer, kinky, you know, consensually violent sexuality that uh that i think for me is a part of like a rejection of a really whitewashed and homonormative sort of uh sexuality that's been sold to the mainstream to you know get access to things like marriage right and all of these Mm -hmm. like sort of like liberal rights um and i think that for me it's I really appreciate that. I feel like on this album arc is being like, no, I'm queer and I'm a fucking weirdo and that's what, what it's gonna mean right. for me forever, right? Like right. you don't get to decide that because you think I'm normal that I get to exist. So right. I really appreciate about this about that. And so I feel like the grotesque and monstrosity piece is what I feel like I connected to the to the, the Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Right. Totally. I mean there definitely is something about like Halloween subculture. Not necessarily the people who, like, just do it, but people who are more, I don't know, I'm thinking about people who, like, get married on Halloween, right? Like, they have more, Mm -hmm. like, affinity for it. That's definitely, like, a marginalized part of the community, right? Whether they're goth or, like, just 
dark or whatever it is, right? That there's some commonality there about marginalization and being outside the norms. Yeah, and and I feel like this song specifically puts like queer sexuality out there as like non-normative, right? Like it's like I don't mm-hmm. just because I'm not normative doesn't mean that I don't get to exist in your world. And actually I do. And I'm going to put it out there right. and like be gross and monstrous and weird. And, um, you know, I'm still like probably one of the most important experimentalists of our time. So mm. um, it's, I, I really appreciate that. Is he recognized like critically the, at the level that you recognize him or is this just like your particular? I, I think so. I, I mean, I think that obviously it, I'm fairly biased, but Arca is really critically acclaimed and he does produce for other projects that are a little bit more accessible and less sort of like noisy experimental, right? So he's produced for FKA Twigs, um, probably like her, her, um, her EP, one of her EPs that was um, really put her out there. Uh, was produced by Arca and Kalela also, who is an mm. Ethiopian American R and B artist that makes just like really amazing, beautiful R and B. She has a new album out that's been on my rotation, and Arca produces, um, has produced and produced also on that album for her. Um, he was kind of or the first time that I heard about Arca was when Kanye West mm. tapped him for his Yeezus okay. album. So he's like, I think, you know, he's, people know, people know who Arca is. Like if you know about producers, you know who Arca is and you know that he, you know, has this very clear sonic landscape and body of work that's recognized and, um, and, and acclaimed for sure. Do we want to explain why this episode is called No Hay Tricotri? (laughs) 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 Yes. Okay, so we were like figuring out whether we were going to do another Halloween episode, and then the, the, we we finally decided that we would, and then it didn't work. We had to trash it, and then it's like, okay, we'll just like bring some of the songs to the next Meneito, right? Like we'll do yeah. that, and then it's like, but let's not name it just like a Halloween episode because we already have a Halloween episode, and it's like, what's Halloween that I really love? And my favorite thing, I swear to God, every Halloween I need to pull it up, is this <laughs> picture of a sign that is like outside of like a store or something maybe somebody's house maybe you know it's like a store because in new york what a lot of people a lot of kids do is like they'll go to like um trick-or-treat around like stores and like the store Mm. owners will give um kids candy like bodegas (laughs) yeah well like bodegas or like you know whatever store is on like the main street close to you you know whether it's like the beauty supplier or locusea But so, but anyway, it's this sign that says, no hay tricotri. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's just like, don't ring my fucking doorbell. And it just like makes me laugh every single time. Like, I just like, that's how we say it in Spanish is tricotri. But somebody like Mm -hmm. actually literally wrote it down, no hay tricotri. (laughs) And it just like, it's like literally Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about Halloween ever since the first time I saw it. So I just wanted to bring that joy for you all. Right. So can even we though link, we have we some songs, <laughs> there's no tricotri here. Just yeah. just a little bit of music. Music. Can we link to it in our <laughs> blog post? Do you still Absolutely. Have we will include the picture for you. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. 
Well, and I feel like it captures probably what some, I don't know if you remember this better when you came to the United States, but like immigrant experience of like trying to understand this holiday that's like super freaking weird, right? Like what, you're going to go around with like bags and get candy and dressed up and you know, it's just like kind of a strange, very Totally. Take candy from strangers, which is like the thing that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So yeah, we need to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Brian, who sent us a lovely email with all sorts of ideas for what he hopes would be our next Halloween episode, specifically about vampires. And he had like six different songs that were all about vampires. Y'all, so many vampire playlists. It's amazing, including one that he, that Vero was going to bring to our original episode that died, which was a Tomasa de Real, La Vampira song. So thank you so much to Brian for those ideas. And it helped me to convince Vero to keep going with this theme she was not feeling it. <laughs> I was like are we gonna do a Halloween episode again but you know like mm, Los I Fans wanted another I Halloween know. episode so know. you know we do it for you yep exactly and I just think before we end like a little Halloween PSA because this is gonna come out like the weekend before Halloween so people are gonna be out and about don't be racist y'all like, yeah don't just don't do wear it wear a costume don't dress up like a person of a different race than you just don't do it just don't do it. There's no just, need to do yeah. blackface. There's nope. no need nope. to like right. make somebody's race a caricature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Why would you do that? Yeah. Cultures are not costumes, right? Like just don't do it. And I feel like our listeners are mostly like Latinx folks and like hopefully people who wouldn't do that shit. But just in case, just in case a PSA. Yeah, just and in case we fuck up all the that's time. That's true. Latinos fuck I up I see too. y'all that's on true. the internet fucking up. We're yeah, just trying to true. make We're you not- better. We are not exempt from fuck-ups around race. And, yeah, hopefully you don't experience any racist shit on Halloween either. Let's just try to, you know. Suerte out there, y'all. All All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening and sticking along with us with your paciencia as we deal with the fact that we do all of it. We do everything. We edit, we mix, we produce, we record, like all of it. So we are Yep. Still learning every day. But still learning. Yep. Every day. Oh, and one last brief shout out. Um, I mentioned this a few months ago, I think, on the podcast, but I have officially have a new podcast out with Yay! two other friends. Yay! I'm that crazy person with two podcasts. What? That's um, right, yeah. Yep. So that podcast is called Tonic, and it's a healing advice podcast. Very different than Radio Manea. Totally different mm-hmm. vibe. Um, but also really lovely. And it's me and two other healers of color who are giving advice about healing during these times. So we're answering folks' questions via voice memo um, about healing in general. And like um, like our latest episode, which released a couple of days ago, is about abundance. Somebody sent in a question about how to cultivate abundance in their life. So mm-hmm. take a look. Um, you can find us at tonicpodcast.com um, and just search tonic in any of your podcast um, listening devices and you will find us. And if you'd love to send us a question, we'd love to hear from a Riley Manea listener. You can send a question to tonicpodcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. As always, all the information about the songs and everything we talked about on this podcast will be at radiomenea.com. You can follow us on social media at Radio Menea on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. 
And uh, if you haven't yet left us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, we would really, really, really appreciate it. We love your reviews and it really helps us get in front of new listeners. So it really um, would be doing us a solid if you could give us a review. Again, thank you so, so much for listening and hasta la próxima. Ciao.